Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Everybody app gives you unlimited access to online yoga, Pilates, and meditation classes. There are over 400 classes to stream and download right now. Oh my. And also, we add a brand new class each and every week. So your library just continues to grow and grow. I think the most important thing to mention, though, is that Merry Body is fun and it brings joy to your life. This is what our members say. <laughs> so if you want to come and try it out for free, you can head over to themerrymakersisters.com forward slash Merry Over at that page, you can start your free seven-day trial, get access to it all, and see if it's for you. All right, let's get into the episode. Just letting you know that during this episode, we talk about diets and eating disorders. So if this kind of content isn't for you, tune out. Welcome to episode 325 on the Get Merry podcast. As always, we are so excited to be here with you today with a brand new episode, a brand new topic. Mm -hmm. And I must say, I love the title of this topic. I think it's quite clever. Does Pilates make your bum smaller and other strange things we should stop Googling? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I remember when I was well obsessed with losing weight, well and truly guided by diet culture, thinking that I was very fat and I needed to lose weight constantly. I remember always Googling how to lose weight, how to do this, how to... I don't know what else I Googled, but it usually was around how to lose weight. And always, I don't like, think I was very creative, actually. It was just how to lose weight. How to lose weight fast, best way to lose weight. Yeah, best way to lose weight. Um, you some, I would always di- like Google diets. Like I'd yeah. be like, what's the best diet to lose weight? Uh, d- like does running help you lose weight? Is like what is the best exercise to lose weight? And does Pilates make your butt smaller? (laughs) Your bum smaller? Oh, wait, does it need to be bigger now? Oh, yeah, I'm confused because the current beauty ideal, the current beauty trend is a bubble butt. (laughs) Like one of those ones that is just so perfectly round. You're like, how does it stay up like that? I don't understand. It's got its own shelf. And like kudos to those amazing booties that people have. But flashback to 1990 when the beauty ideal was flat bum flat bum and no bum and no boobs and the clothes just kind of hang off you that was the look yeah well I always remember thinking well no I remember growing up with our mum and you know she was also influenced by diet culture she thought her butt was too big mm-hmm. because, yeah, she did have a round butt. She had a round bum and she was had a tiny waist, tiny top half round bum. If she was living now and, like, actually uh, cared about beauty ideals, she'd be laughing. Yeah. I mean, now she's obviously gone on this journey with us and she understands how crazy it is and how how uh, kind of ridiculous it was that she thought that she had a big butt for all those years. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I remember just – And that it was a bad thing. I need to turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I can remember, like, magazines, like, back in the 1990s and, like, the people that were on the, the covers, like, Julia Stiles, mm. like, Kate Moss, like, these people who – like it would be described. Yeah, what was her famous quote? It was like, oh, yeah, nothing, nothing tastes, tastes as better as nothing yeah. tastes as good as, as being skinny. Skinny feels. No, as being skinny. I think. I think it's skinny feels. Something like something that. Something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah, like that. and I did read about that the other day, and she did come out saying she regretted saying that. And I mean, she was also well and truly in the world of diet culture. I mean, modeling of all industries. Oh my gosh, what a tough industry to be in, where literally you are the worth of your looks. Mm-hmm. Like that is it. You are as good as you look in the modeling industry. It's not really about your personality. Let's just say that maybe now because with social media and like contributing your own opinion, but back then for sure, it was all about what you looked like. And she said that it was kind of like a joke in like a group house or or amongst her friends. And I mean, yeah, super, super duper toxic. Like they were trying to stay thin and probably when they saw like, I don't know, a a bowl of chips or M&Ms, they would say that to each other to motivate each other to not eat it. Mm. And, yeah, that's totally pro-anorexic, pro-diet. Like, that's scary. And that was what we were kind of, uh, I guess, influenced by as kids, Mm -hmm. which is horrible. Well, I even remember when we first started our blog and we we were sharing, uh, like, positive quotes, like inspirational Mm. quotes, and that one always popped up. And it it was like an inspirational quote. I hope we never shared that. No, I don't think we did. We never would share that. I don't think so. I mean, I probably liked it because I was like, it's so true. Like, I mean, I've got to to lose weight. Just stop eating, Carla. Stop eating so much. Yeah, so I I think like the whole – Also, totally trigger warning. Probably should have mentioned that. I'll write that in the show notes. I think the whole beginning of like this podcast episode is just like trying to, I guess – realize the uh absurdity and the ridiculousness of this culture that we have grown up with and that we are still surrounded by Mm. and that we understand why you might google such things Mm. because we are surrounded by that like i don't think like if you've googled that before i'm not like saying oh silly you i'm saying i get it I've done it too. Yeah. Like I understand why you Googled that because we all believed and maybe still sometimes believe that our worth is based on what we look like. Yeah, it's very easily too easy to go back to that mindset even when you have done the work of self-acceptance and you are more aware of diet culture. Uh, It's so easy to fall back. You just scroll on Instagram, you flip through a magazine, you look at something, you watch a movie and you can get triggered, especially if you have a history of it. Uh, But let's talk about bums (laughs) and uh, I guess this idea of how our butt, we want to change what our butt even looks like. Mm. I mean, it's kind of this thing where it's like, can't we accept that all butts are fine and like, you know, your butt is so much more than just for looks. It's, and squeezing. Yeah. Like your your bum helps you move. Your bum helps you run. It helps you pick up stuff and move stuff. Uh, we need these glute muscles for many more things than just looking good in jeans. Yeah, well, I think it's like changing the conversation and instead of being like, I want my butt to look like this, I want – I'm 
only doing this exercise so I have a round perky butt. I'm only doing this to sculpt my butt, to tone my butt. I only want to work my gluteal maximus and my gluteal medius because it's going to look round and squishy and great. Can we change the conversation to be like, wow, like what does my butt do for me? Like what do these muscles do for me? I just realized that having a strong butt helps me with my posture. Yeah, true. Having a strong butt helps alleviate lower back pain. Mm -hmm. So there's, I think it's flipping the conversation and realizing that when we're doing a certain workout and if we're doing a workout to work, you know, certain types of muscles, which you can, you can like do squats and you can do lunges and all types of movement that uh, target your booty, but it's not for looks. Like, can we decide that we do this muscle, this workout to work a certain muscle for a different reason? Yeah, I really like that. And those reasons can be, I want to improve my posture. I want to alleviate back pain. I want to reduce back pain. I want to uh, reduce the risk of injury to my spine. Like, these are the kinds of things that happen when we actually do work our glute muscles. Yeah, and super important as we get older, obviously, because when we do work our strength, this also leads to stronger bones as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It leads to better balance. So as you get older, you're more prone to falling or stumbling. And when you're older, your bones are more brittle. And that's where you can break bones. And it becomes much more of a serious issue as compared to when you're younger Mm -hmm. and you can heal a lot easier. I mean, we are very elderly grandparents and I feel like our grandfather is falling over once a week and it's quite scary because, you know, that's – it's come to that time where it's like, oh, gosh, has he broken his hip? Has he broken his pelvis? And then when you're in your 90s, that is almost like, well, that's the end almost. Well, that is – yeah, because you're – I guess the way that your body heals, it doesn't heal as well anymore. Like because that is kind of, you know, when we do age, we are – uh, there's some kind of deterioration happening. Yeah, well, it's like as soon as you get past 25, you're going the other way. Mm. You, instead of growing, you're going, you're breaking <laughs> apart. <laughs> like it's quite depressing. Actually. Yeah, and I mean this is why like we're not uh, – we're pro-aging, obviously. Oh, yes. Uh, and it's amazing to Every age. day is a blessing to be alive uh, and wrinkles and things that we can see that have to do with our aging is actually – such a privilege because many people don't have the privilege of aging and I think like let's remember that uh, and when we can see the external factors of aging and we start to be like oh I've got to get Botox I've got to do this or I've got to buy the next eye cream that's going to puff up my eyes like let's also just like take a step back and realize that the wrinkles tell a story and that it means that we've laughed a lot, we've felt a lot and we've experienced a lot yeah. and the opposite is actually a sad thing. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, our internal bodies and, like, our bones and our muscles and the fact that we can actually do something about that, that gets me excited because working our muscles with, like, Pilates, for example, when we're doing squats and lunges and we're pulsing and we're doing this presence movement, like, not just exercise, like, we're moving with our breath. It's a mind-body connection. So it's also amazing for our mind. But we're doing these workouts And we're feeling good instantly because we're released feel-good hormones, endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, all these kinds of things are happening. But we're also building strength in our powerhouse muscles like our glutes, which then, as we were saying before, equals all these other amazing things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's amazing. And I think that's such a good way to experience and to create motivation for your workout because motivation is such a thing that all of us struggle with. Oh, my. Siri has started to talking. Um, Yes, motivation can be a big struggle for any maybe new workout or whatever it might be. But sometimes we just need to look at the motivator and this is where the this stuff, this knowledge becomes really powerful because, yeah, I want to do all these things. So for the rest of my years, I am more able, I'm more at ease and comfort within my body. I know what bad posture does. Bad posture leads to really bad back pain because I've been there mm-hmm. and I've worked damn hard to correct my bad posture. And still, yeah, we all stand up. up. Oh, my gosh. But this is what happens when you work at a desk, you're at a computer, you're with your phone, uh, you become less aware of how you're standing, you're leaning, you're slouching, uh, you're on the couch with your head like in weird angles, Mm -hmm. you're sleeping maybe with the wrong pillow. Like it just adds up and you get to your 30s and you're like, yeah, that's back pain and that's not going anywhere. (laughs) Holy moly. Like – Remember yeah, long when, gone are the days where you could just frolic around and feel no pain remember, at all. But do you, I can clearly remember like when we were kids, okay, we were doing craft with mum or playing on the ground and mum was there. I remember mum being there. Uh, and I just remember like her getting up and being like, oh, my knees or like crack, crack. And I was like, that's so strange. Like in my head, <laughs> like I never said anything. Maybe I did, mum, I don't know. But I always remember thinking – I, it's so easy for us to just get up. It's like, yeah, that's because you were a child. And it's so interesting and, like, it's good to have this reflection and awareness of, like, oh, yeah, like, that's our body's changing. That's what age does. And, yeah, we're grateful for our age. And, like, gosh, I'm so glad we did come across this self-acceptance practice because I think it would be really hard if we didn't have this practice and, like, getting that new wrinkle. Because, yeah, I noticed a new wrinkle the other day and I was like, oh. Hello, I've never seen you. Is it that one on your eye? No, that's been there a little while. Oh. It's a little one here, like oh, just yeah. below my nose. Oh, yeah. It's like a weird one. It's like this little yeah, short it's like a one. Smile. Yeah, it's it like is. It's from literally from my smile. Oh, yeah, I see it. It's literally from my smile. Just, by the way, everybody. Yeah, Emma it's has small. some like weird skin where she doesn't age. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I do. I am 34. I'm like, they're all going to still get ID'd. It's quite funny. See, I know. I find it sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, am I just pro-aging because I have great skin and great genes? Probably. So this is like, you know, it's good for me, though. To experience Yeah, I'm going through this and sharing the journey. Uh, I'm not going to get Botox. Mm -mm. I'm not going to get it. I don't want it. And if you get it, that's fine. Your choice, whatever. I just am really scared of needles and I don't don't want the needles in my eyes. And, like, what if it goes wrong? Like, I'm far more risk adverse after seeing you and your nose job and, like, the stuff that can go wrong. I just – I would prefer just to have wrinkly skin, smaller lips. I like my small lips. I don't need big, juicy lips. That's fine. Well, this really is the practice of acceptance. That's what this is brought. Like, if you – didn't have a self-acceptance practice, if you weren't aware that self-acceptance was a thing that you are allowed to do, by the way. What? Yeah, you're allowed to accept yourself right here, right now, just as you are. You don't have to change if you don't flash. want to. Uh, then you kind of, that pressure to look a certain way at a certain age, to have certain things at a certain age, like this isn't just to do with your looks. Like it can start there with self-acceptance. Oh, yeah. But then you watch it filter out, you ripple out, I should say, 
like with everything. And it's not saying like you don't go for your goals. You don't have ambition. It's just. And you can still change. And you can still, you can even change your body. Like you are allowed to do that as well with a self-acceptance practice. It's just the fact that you have accepted yourself before the change and therefore the journey toward the change is much more enjoyable. And then also what happens when, okay, say you didn't, you went on this weight loss journey because of health reasons. And like, yeah, sometimes we need to do that. And you had your self-acceptance practice. Okay, good. That's great. You lost weight, self-accepted the whole time, even before, during, after. You got to your goal weight and boom, I don't know, something in life shifts. You put weight back on. Okay, I accept this. This is happening. I'm going to understand. I'm going to have self-compassion, self-kindness, self-respect because, because, xyz happened maybe you lost your job and you got really stressed maybe your mum or dad got really sick or your grandparents and you became the carer and your time just went crazy maybe you had a baby and oh my gosh you put on weight oh what how unusual like this is the thing when the self-acceptance practice is there it helps us for when you might reach a goal but then you change again maybe nothing happened but like you still yeah, put on and weight. Exactly. Maybe, like maybe nothing maybe you're like, but I put on weight and nothing big in my life happened. Okay, oh true. well. That's it. And and you just it's more enjoyable. There's less uh, self-criticism. You're more understanding of yourself. You're more kinder to yourself. Without that self-acceptance practice, oh my gosh, the torment, the self-torment you would put yourself through. I suck. I did this. Now I've just gone back and, you know, caused all this damage now. I'm the worst. Like, I lost weight and now look at me. I'm fatter than I began. And, like, that's that's the thing we hear. That's the thing I experienced so many times because, yeah, my weight was up, down, up, mm-hmm. down. And I was never overweight. So I, I must say, like, I know people might see us and be like, you've never had experience with obesity. Yeah, it's true. I have never. But I have had experience of very fluctuating weight of, like, from 55 kilos to, like, high 60s. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a big amount on a short person. Noticeable anyway. And when you're very influenced by diet culture and also a history of eating disorders, like, that's, like, a big thing mm-hmm. on the mind. And I think also, like when you're obsessed with jumping on the scales of course you notice this as well yeah so it's like just even like that even like I remember noticing when it was one kilo difference and being like oh I'm a failure like oh my god I better not like you just needed to poo yeah I probably did also butts are really good for that (laughs) (laughs) segue speaking of like what other things booties do (laughs) exactly like maybe not your booty cheeks oh yeah like your butthole but like uh (laughs) you know what is really good with Pilates is it works your pelvic floor muscles, which Ooh, uh, yes, which control your bladder and your um, what would you call it? Butthole. Your, <laughs> your poo hole. <laughs> Where the poo comes out. <laughs> what is it called? Your sphincter. <laughs> I've got no idea what the name of that is. Great. This is not an anatomy class. Okay, uh, but it anatomy is... is not our profession, though. Like, no, if we were if... ever to teach someone how to do Pilates, we would, we would hire get... an expert. Yeah, we already have many experts we could yeah. bring in who know much more about anatomy than we do. Um, yeah, so your <laughs> pelvic floor this muscles. Is the poo hole. So <laughs> at least I know the difference. At least I know the difference. <laughs> oh god, uh, this is too much. So 
your pelvic floor can be strengthened. <laughs> And this is a really positive thing. Again, as we age, like this oh, can gosh. be something that really loses strength. And also and having a baby. If you're a yeah. woman and you've had a baby, uh, you yeah. probably know all about that. Yes. And uh, we've had many friends who have told us about this, many yeah. doctors who talk about this. Yeah. So I think uh, that is another yeah, exciting thing to think it's, about. It's so how exciting. our movement changes the insides of our body. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think it's so empowering when we go on this journey to understanding why exercise is important uh even to the point of that it will just put you in a better mood mm-hmm. i mean we are in this <laughs> talking about epidemic pandemic we're also in a pandemic of stress anxiety mental health stuff is going on uh and i think exercise is one of the best tools you can use to help maintain healthy mental health mm-hmm. i mean this is coming from Pilates, yoga instructors, we're not experts, obviously, in this. Sometimes you need extra help and that's fine. That's what you do. But if you're kind of on this phase of like feeling a bit flat, a bit blah, uh, kind of lost the the mojo or lost the, the excitement of life, I really know, I know in my heart that exercise can help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just in my heart, in my brain too, because I've read articles, medical articles about what you said before, Carl's the dopamine, the endorphins, the serotonin, uh, the oxytocin. These are the love, love, pleasure, happiness hormones. Yeah. Like literally when you hug someone and you feel love, you create that also with exercise. And in a time where maybe you are not feeling love or touch or experiencing that from someone else you can access this yourself probably in many other ways too (laughs) (laughs) disclaimer uh absolutely and i think it is you know just that reminder of checking in with our reason with our motivation behind why we're moving why we're exercising yes uh for our physical bodies it's very amazing it makes you stronger and make it can increase your flexibility it can um help you avoid other injuries with your muscles like when you work a certain muscle it can then support another part of your body mm. uh, like your spine spinal health is so important uh, but what it does for your mental health as well like wow like it's just two amazing things that happen when we set aside this time for exercise and so Finding motivation to exercise, if you're struggling with that, it's like checking in, like, do you have a big reason why? Like, have you, is your only reason, has your only reason ever been to lose weight? Because that's what it was for us. Mm. It was always a means to an end. It was always, I'm going to work out really hard for the next 12 weeks so I can lose 10 kilos and then, then what? And then what was always like giving it all away because it was unsustainable because there's no way I'm doing cardio in the morning and weights in the afternoon every single day of my life. I'm not doing that for longer than the 12 weeks. And then it would end. And it's like, I don't think that is sure. You could do that for a short amount of time, but wouldn't it be better to find a way to move that like you could just like kind of fit into your life and it just happens and you actually enjoy it and you actually look forward to it? Like the amount of comments that we get from members where they are saying, I'm so grateful for Marybody. It is the highlight of my day. Like they are the comments that I 
I am inspired by. Like when I see that, I'm like, oh my gosh, how amazing is that? Like this is the highlight of your day. You are excited to move your amazing body. And I can totally understand that because I feel that with yoga and Pilates too. And you don't feel that when your mission Mm. is to run on a treadmill for half an hour doing HIIT training and the goal to lose weight. Like, okay, it's a different kind of motivation. But for me, that motivation was always filled with, like, anger and, like, Mm -hmm. dread as well. Like, I hated it, but I liked it. It was like because you – but it was because you loathed yourself so much at that time like because you weren't at the goal yet. So your inspiration was driven by self-hatred. And then it was like, okay, I got to this point where I I thought I looked great. And, yeah, I did look great. But as you said, it was completely unsustainable. So a week later when I began to put weight on because I started to change my diet, it was like, oh, I'm gross. I'm disgusting. Because you started to eat more than 1,200 calories, which you should. Yes, FYI, <laughs> eat more and like different foods besides chicken breast and broccoli Yuck. and Diet Coke. I lived off Diet Coke. Oh, my. You were allowed five strawberries in the morning. Five whole strawberries. Jeez. I think it, it, I think it rotated between strawberries That's and so apple. That's so scary, guys. Like I think back to this dieting days and I'm just like so grateful. Oh, and that- also have the four protein shakes within uh, the day that are filled with God knows what. You're also allowed oh those. Oh, my. They were filled with chemicals, weren't they? See, this is so amazing. I mean, this is why I'm grateful for discovering the paleo diet because it educated me in to look at the ingredients list. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because before that, I was just obsessed with calories. Then paleo, I was obsessed with cutting out food groups. Like both bad, but like part of the journey. So it was like, okay, gain the understanding in like ingredients matter, not just calories. Mm-hmm. Very important. And then it was like, okay, wait a minute. Like this is a different kind of unhealthily mentally this paleo thing because also I'm so freaking like paranoid about eating a legume. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you were scared of food. Yeah, I was paranoid about eating grains. I stopped eating bread. Bread is magic. Bread is life. (laughs) Pizza was officially made of cauliflower. And, yeah, sure, make your pizza with cauliflower. It's not really pizza. Um, You cannot pick it up. Yeah, you have to eat it with a knife and fork. But it's Unless yum. you add cassava, Look, a bunch say, of cassava flour. And then it's not even that good for it, you. And then it's pretty much you're better off just eating the 48-hour the, the slow-cooked pizza base. Slow-prepared, I should fermented, say. Levitated fermented, levitated or whatever it's My called. God. And the taste factor. Wow. And it's and the fun. fun factor. And it's wow. joy-filled and it's filled with love. Like this is the whole thing. Like this is what I guess I think in cultures, especially maybe Australia, America, uh, maybe you, I don't know, UK, I don't know. <sighs> the culture with food for me was all around making me fat or skinny. Like that was my culture with food. And then now to understand that, wow, like food isn't just about that. Mm-hmm. And like to even be given an insight with living with an Italian, like, it's so different and I think this is important to recognise. And I'm not saying to eat pizza every day because, no, like, that's not good. Like, that's not good for you. That's not good for your insides. I don't – maybe some people eat pizza every day. 
Maybe it can be good. Maybe you can do it. Look mm. for me. I know. Like I, I would. Like people get... eat sandwiches every day. Yeah, true. But like the thing is, I would get sick of eating pizza every yeah. day anyway. Well, the thing is, like for me, pizza is like for like. Well, the thing is, I think we've been so. We are so lucky that we've experienced this 48-hour fermented oh sourdough. My, I know. The pizza is now ruined for me forever. Like, I even think that when I go to Italy, I'm going to be like, oh, but it's just not Damiano's homemade pizza. Well, I don't know because Damiano <laughs> said, like, it doesn't really make sense to do it in Italy because it's it's so accessible to get great pizza and very cheap, well, however many euros. But So happy about that. I know, right? We need to go. We must go. But then, because in Australia there's far and few, like, great pizza places, even the good pizza places here, like, compared to this pizza, I'm sorry, you just don't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, you're you're literally five places under number one, which yeah. is now here at Emma's house. Oh, my. Sorry. I wish you could all experience this pizza. <laughs> like, it's, it's very so good. good. I love how, like, this podcast has just turned into a pizza, number one pizza fans <laughs> podcast. <laughs> As if you wouldn't be a number one pizza fan after eating that. Pilates and pizza, I must say, perfect combo. Pilates, Pilates pizza, and Aperol Spritz. Yes. It's like an event we should make. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be such a good event. Wouldn't that not be a great event? It's like we would do like a – would it be like lunch pizza or like – no, I like an evening pizza. I like pizza. an evening. So it could be like a uh, – maybe it's like a 5 p.m. I was going to say sunset Pilates. Oh, yeah, sunset Pilates followed by spritz and, and then pizza. pizza. <laughs> well, at the same time, spritz and pizza. Yeah, you can oh eat Oh, my that. gosh, that's so fun. Anyway, this podcast chat was good. Yes. I think it's always great to remind yourself – on this stuff because if you're on this journey here with us of unlearning, relearning and whatnot, you need to constantly remind yourself because even the other day I looked at an old class of ours, like when we first started. Mm -hmm. And when we first started, we I think we were both pretty single. Yeah, we were both single and we were doing like a lot of Pilates and we were both really, really fit, like super fit. And we also had spray tans. <laughs> we still we were still obsessed with spray tans. Yeah, we were still obsessed with Not spray anymore. tans. Not anymore. And I looked at my body and I was like, damn, like I was so fit back then. Like, wow, like I can really see like I'm more fitter then. And then Carla reminded me, like, you know, when you remind yourself of like when you reflect on how fit you were back then, you should also think about the other aspects of your life. You did like two Pilates sessions a day almost, like two one-hour sessions. That's too much, like FYI, I think. Uh, You also ate, like, because we were both single and we were, like, busy with doing whatever, I know what I ate for dinner. Often it was a smoothie bowl. Often often it was, like, just roast veggies because I was lazy and just, like, boom, put whatever together. Often it was just chicken and veg. Uh, I wasn't on a diet sometimes per se. Sometimes it was apple crumble. Yeah, sometimes we would, we would make apple crumble and have yogurt. We just were lazy. It, it wasn't a diet. We were lazy. It was very – food was, like, really low priority. Like, yeah. And when I mean food, I mean, like, nutrient-wise. Well, I don't think – we still were nutrition – like, we were still eating okay. Yeah, but we weren't eating enough protein. We yeah. weren't eating enough iron, like, all yeah. these kinds of things. So and we were really tired. I remember too. Yeah. We were overworking out, and we also didn't really have social lives. Like our, the Pilates was our social yeah. life because we were obsessed with the studio we went to, and I mean, like it was all divine timing. 
But I think it's really important that if you ever do reflect back on photos, like that's such an easy thing to add to think like, okay, well, how did I get to that point? Mm. Like what diet were you doing? What workout were you doing? What's your life situation now? Oh, yeah, like maybe you're working more or maybe you're more balanced. I think it's – Less obsessed. I think it's, yeah, taking the focus away from like what you looked like because, again, like when you think, I was so much fitter then, I was so much thinner then, like that is, again, that's a judgment fueled by diet culture saying thinner equals better. It's also questioning like reminding yourself, I should say, okay, but what was my life like? Like, and was I enjoying it? And like, maybe the answer is yes. And that's also okay. Like it's okay for our bodies to change, but maybe it wasn't. And it's like also being like really, I guess, just honest and realistic. Like those lives that we were living in smaller bodies, like they weren't, they were different. Yeah. Which, which is fine. And I would say that they weren't as uh, healthy as what we are now in our minds still. Yeah. Like oh, we were yeah. still fueled by diet culture yeah, and like so thinness equals beauty. So it's yeah, like, it wasn't like, like, it wasn't like Pilates and yoga helped us do yeah. that. It was Pilates and yoga along with a self-acceptance yeah. practice. It wasn't like I started Pilates and, and that's infiltrated in the Pilates industry. Actually, it's not. No, it's, it's not. the opposite. But this is the reason why Marybody is so different because yeah. we decided that our practice was going to be our intentional self-acceptance yeah. practice. And usually a fitness program is embedded in yeah. diet culture. So we yeah. did it because it was so, I guess, uh, polar opposite. And we didn't do it for marketing. We did it for our own mental health. Because, no, because we realised how powerful it was. Yeah, Not even that, Carla. I think we did it. And I know we talked about this recently on the podcast. We literally did it because I was worried about not being fit and thin enough to teach Pilates. Like I was worried about putting weight on mm. and being on camera and it was like we will st- we will we won't be able to keep a business afloat. Like and that's terribly frightening to think that. And then I was like, hang on a minute, like this is this is a scary thought that I even thought this was true. Okay, let's make the self-acceptance even more in my life first and then it just like kind of blossomed naturally to be yeah. part of everybody. But I remember thinking that I can't teach Pilates, I'm not fit enough. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I remember thinking like, yeah, I can't teach yoga. But that was the whole thing. Like when we decided that we wanted to make our personal practices, yeah, our intentional self-acceptance practices, we were like, oh, my God, this is really different. Yeah. Like this is really amazing. And it's like, just funny how it evolved. Like it's fun to think about this. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's like, yeah, the beginning of Mary Body, like even how we talked about Mary Body like in the beginning of the four-week programs yeah. like is very different to what how we talk now about yeah. it. Um, we've learned and unlearned a lot. Yeah. And I can definitely see like when I get memories of like, you know, Mary Body Program 1, we were still uh, – inspired motivated by diet culture yeah in the way that we talked about it even though we thought we weren't yes interesting so it's like sometimes it's like oh my gosh like we thought we weren't and then like the more we got deeper and deeper into it it was like peeling so many layers off of like hang on a minute i don't want to say that because that means that for someone yeah like and i don't believe that anymore like i'm not gonna say that anymore yeah it's all a journey isn't yeah it? and that's like we all have that whether you are promoting something or not mm. like you have that 
in the way you are, the way you talk to your friends, the way you live. Because, you know, you can think back and be like, gosh, like I said that to that friend. That's so rude now. Like you can think these things, but you believed it so much back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's okay. That's like the whole journey of being a human and having self-awareness. Like good job on reflecting. And changing. And changing. Like we need to be changing. Mm-hmm. I believe like change is great. Well, I mean, we can even go reflect even further and remember when we were doing the paleo oh my, diet yeah. and we were sharing get the get merry, get merry, make life merry challenges. Yeah. And the whole idea was like, let's let go of restriction. Let's like find fun in food. And then you think about that, but you're promoting a diet that I has know. restriction. I know. It's so, it's so crazy. Like, food like the the zoodles you're letting go of restriction you're eating pasta no that's just zucchini shaped like spaghetti and it doesn't taste like pasta it's like lifting the veil isn't it yeah it's like taking that uh pulling away the curtain of like hang on a minute yeah this is diet culture dressed up as yeah something and we were completely (laughs) deluded and i mean like it's even (laughs) we were deluded and I mean, even like even all our recipes that we have on there, like I get it. They are in the diet culture world. Like I'm not going to delete them though because they're part of where we've come from. And also like I still like a lot of them. But that's why we put the disclaimer on them. They're not on every page though, the disclaimer. We never did that. I thought you did that. No. <laughs> you should do that. <laughs> well, there's a disclaimer on I no, think we wrote dis- about it. It's not a disclaimer. It's more like we just share it now. No, like, I, more current. as in like an update of yeah. like, hey, like this was an old recipe. Uh, we don't actually believe yeah. this anymore. No, we never added that to every yeah. blog. We oh, a few. We had, have added them because yeah. I've read them. But um, no, I think that sh- like showing the journey of change is also important. Like yeah. you can't saying that you've been this way forever well we can't wipe history yeah, like so it, that's it's like the whole world the the world has done some bad stuff countries have done some bad stuff you don't just wipe it out and be like no that didn't happen yeah so like it's the same like and you learn from your past as well yeah like knowing your past you can know who you are now Ooh, that's deep Mm, so deep probably didn't even make sense um this is a fun episode always so uh we'd love to hear from you if you got something out of it if you kind of were nodding along and thought oh yeah that is a good way of seeing things and maybe i will change my motivation for movement or maybe you already have and that's really exciting um we'll end with the knowing that you are amazing just as you are right here right now and that is the truth. So take that with you today, hmm. wherever you go. Hmm. And remind yourself when you forget because it's always just a relearning, a remembering. Yeah. Write it on your mirror. Boom. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. 
Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.